Hi there gorgeous and welcome to a very special episode of The Hungry Soul with your host Rachel Foy. So a little while ago I did a free workshop over in my community all about food and the soul-fed woman and we really started to delve into the truth about emotional eating, binging, food obsession, weight obsession and why it's really important if you are struggling with those things right now that you don't try and fix it with restriction and calorie counting and dieting that you actually start to appreciate the symbolism and the metaphors that are going on behind that right now. So this is the training that I gave. I've taken the audio from the video training that I did. The quality is not too bad. I hope that you get a lot from this because when I used to struggle with food myself a little while ago, it really was something that put my life on hold in so many ways. And I don't want that to be the case for you. So here's the training. I hope you enjoy it and I will speak to you very soon. Hello everybody, welcome, welcome. Just give me a second, let me see if I'm coming through loud and clear. Yay, okay, so good afternoon everybody. Good morning, depends where you happen to be in the world. Um, welcome to this little workshop today, all about food and the soul-fed woman. So, shall we make a start? Those of you that are hopping on, and I can see you all, let me know who's here, then I can say hello to you. So, we're gonna have a conversation now about food, why we struggle with it, in what ways we struggle with it, what we can do about that struggle and what that actually means to us being women who are wanting probably to become more soul-fed. So before we get stuck in, just a very quick introduction to myself for any of you that have randomly found this video. My name is Rachel Foy and I'm the founder of The Soul-Fed Woman and I'm a soul work teacher and spiritual mentor for ambitious women who have kind of lost themselves along their journey. So they've become somebody to everybody but themselves. They may feel burnt out, exhausted, and kind of not really knowing who they are anymore in their own life. And I'm also an eating psychology coach. And a lot of the symptoms, and we're gonna talk about this later, a lot of the symptoms for women who are not soul-fed women, these are some of their symptoms. And food tends to be one of the bigger ones along with drinking, along with compulsive shopping, along with um, getting lost in social media and kind of choosing behaviours and things to actually numb out of their reality. So I've been working in this field for quite a long time and I'm super passionate about it as I'm sure you're going to find out as we talk about this, this topic. So let's, uh, let's jump straight in with how do we actually struggle with food? So I want to have... Um, I want to kind of invite you to participate in this workshop in the sense of when I'm talking about things, really try and connect it to you as in how is this relevant for you? Because the way that we as human beings actually process information, particularly when it's information that can be and is transformational, it's when we connect it to our own inner world. So if you've got certain things that are applicable with the things that I'm saying, really kind of latch onto that because that's the stuff that you're needing to hear right now in this moment, okay? Oh, you've all jumped on all at the same time. Okay, so how do we struggle with food? Well, we struggle with food in so many ways and I just wanna clarify in, what, in terms of what I'm referring to. So it could be that right now you find yourself being quite obsessed with food. It might be that you are an emotional eater, so you turn to chocolate and you're constantly having tea breaks with a biscuit on the side and you find yourself kind of diving into family-sized packets of stuff when you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and fed up and frustrated. It could be that you binge eat. 
in whatever capacity that might be. That can sometimes be off the back of dieting, which I'm going to talk about in a moment. But binge mentality is also part of this um, conversation, okay? There can also be a lot of emotional attachment to food in the sense of guilt, in the sense of shame, in the sense of what the hell is wrong with me and why can't I stop? So also a lot of restriction and kind of perceived rules and regulations around certain types of food and how we may be choosing to eat right now. So I'm going to go into a few ideas in a moment about why we do this and why it's so bloody important when we bring in the topic of being a soul-fed woman. But before I do, I just want to share with you very quickly my story, because some of you might not be aware of kind of my personal story with this. So about, well, about 15 years ago, 20 years ago maybe, so kind of late teens, I became very obsessed about my body. Like, like so many girls do around the time of kind of puberty and things changing out of their control. And I very innocently started to diet when I was about 15, along with my mum. Bless her, love her to pieces, not blaming her at all. But I started to diet and that for me became a really slippery slope into this whole world of self-hatred, self-loathing, not feeling good enough, blaming myself for everything. I'm becoming very fixated and obsessed about food and body image. And throughout a 14-year period, I went from being someone who was very normal with their relationship to food to somebody who had so many rules, so many emotions, so so much restriction, so much guilt, so many crazy kind of beliefs about me being good, bad or otherwise based on how I was eating that it took over. It literally took over my life for 14 years. And during that time, what I ended up doing was becoming even more distant from my truth and from my soul. And this is what I talk about with with the soul-fed woman. So even though at times my weight changed and it may have come down ever so slightly through kind of restriction and pushing myself and punishing myself in the gym, at some point the weight then went back up again because I I rebelled and I kind of retaliated on the back of I can't have these things. So I went and then binged on them which is really classic diet mentality, by the way. We kind of restrict and then we end up, it's like an elastic band, we snap. And then we go and end up having a full-blown binge session and then promise ourselves that on Monday next week, we're going to go back to eating well again. It's all familiar, isn't it? I'm not saying anything that you're not familiar with. So during this time, I ended up altering my body, so kind of manipulating my body in a way. But actually deep down inside me, from a soul point of view, nothing changed. So with weight loss, my happiness didn't increase as I thought it would do. When I kind of dropped numbers on a scale, I didn't suddenly appreciate and accept myself more as I thought I always would do. Um, My job didn't get better, my relationship didn't get better, I didn't like myself any more than I had done. So all these false illusions around body image and weight and my happiness were all an illusion. And I want to make that really, really clear right now, because within society, in the Western world anyway, there is a massive association between our body image and our weight and our happiness. And if you are a successful woman at the moment and you are driven and you are ambitious and you've got all these amazing um, kind of dreams and aspirations for your life and what you want out of it, you might also have this disillusion and this twisted belief that you're going to get all of that when you're 10 pound lighter 
or you're going to really put yourself out there in terms of your business or your message when you've dropped a couple of dress sizes. So just be really aware of what belief systems you've got going on because all of them are not true, okay? Really important to mention that and I'm going to talk about that more in a moment. So, so that's kind of my personal story and that lasted for about 14 years, like I said. And actually the change for me was when I really started to step into the place of figuring out who I was. And to cut quite a long story short, I ended up retraining, I moved countries, I split up with my then partner, I then found a new partner who's now my husband. And I really started to step into that place of how do I feed my hungry soul? Because my soul at the time was hungry. It was hungry for more happiness, more connection, more enjoyment, more pleasure, more passion, more purpose. And all the things that as women we do crave, but often we don't actually allow ourselves um, permission to do so. So that's kind of my story very, very quickly in a bit of a nutshell. So let's move on then to why do we tend to struggle with food? Now, I've already touched on a little bit already and society's got a massive role to play. I'm not going to stand on my feminist soapbox right now because otherwise this workshop might be hours and hours and hours. But there is definitely a subliminal message out there, a universal message within the Western world that women are supposed to look a certain way and successful women are supposed to look a certain way. And if you want the house and the car and the money and the partner and the happiness, then you are supposed to look a certain way. Okay, and that's kind of subliminally suggested through media, through magazines, through social media, television, advertising, marketing, blah, 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 blah. So underneath that, there is then this belief that we as women should therefore want to lose weight or maybe we have a desire to lose weight. And we believe that if we lose the weight, then we'll suddenly become happy. So have a think about whether that's true for you. Now, if you are trying to grow your business right now and you're trying to show up more and you're trying to spread your message within you, are you actually holding back from doing that? Because there's a part of you thinking, well, I need to be slimmer before I get my promo pictures done. I need to lose a bit of weight before I actually you know, go on that, that video or get some videos out there. Kind of need to tone up a little bit before I start stepping out on the stage and talking about things. There is going to be probably a lot of connection for you between your body and your size and your shape and your weight and actually you stepping your your game up so to speak so weight loss is one of the reasons why we end up with this dysfunctional relationship with food because something that i just shared already is have a think about you at the moment in terms of when you have been trying to lose weight and statistics by the way are totally against you for weight loss um, I'll mention that in a moment but when we try and lose weight and we actually go on diets whether it be homemade diet plans whether we're following conventional programs that that dieting mentality which is about restriction and it is about rules and it is about allowing ourselves only certain things to eat at certain times you are going to be rebelling against that at some point because that's the way that we do. You know, our soul does not like to be caged and our soul for me is connected to my desires and my cravings and the things that are actually, they make me feel good. And things like chocolate and cake and biscuits and all the things that are banned in the diet world, they make me feel good. They feed my soul, like metaphorically as well. So weight loss is something that is going to be part of this conversation for you if you are struggling with food at the moment. So I invite you 
to try and hone in on the truth for you. Like, why do you believe that you need to lose weight? Why do you believe that £10 lighter is a solution to your perceived problems right now? Why do you believe that when you are one or two dress sizes smaller and you can wear a certain type of jeans or certain types of clothes or tops, why is that going to make your life better than what it is right now? Because these, this is really deep um, sociological programming that we have been brainwashed with for such a long time. And it really is our responsibility now as we become soul-fed women to start stripping away the things that actually don't serve us. And that doesn't serve us. That is not the truth at all. That's a fiction. Um, it's kind of an illusional, fictional story that unfortunately so many of us have actually bought into. So be aware of that. The other reason why so many women struggle with food is these kind of delusional beliefs as well, which I've already touched on a little bit. So let's kind of expand on this. So many of us have got these beliefs, as I said, about weight loss and slimness and a certain size, shape, body, etc. equals happiness, success. Um, and it kind of has all these these kind of meanings to it that have come from somewhere. Now, if you think about that for you, if that resonates with you right now, then I categorically can tell you that underneath that belief that you have bought into, there is some part of you that doesn't believe that you are good enough until you're 10 pound lighter, until you're two dress sizes smaller, until da -da 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 -da. So we end up putting our life metaphorically on hold. And actually for some of us physically on hold, we stop showing up, we kind of, hit the pause button, we, we stop doing the things that actually make us feel good because we are too scared to put ourselves out there in case we get judged or criticised and we automatically assume it's because of how our bodies look. So what beliefs do you have for you at the moment about this? And I, t and I guarantee you that there will be some beliefs that you have which is underlying and underpinning your desire to eat a certain way which you have connected to weight loss or your desire to lose weight. So beliefs are really important. Also be aware of external validation. This is a big one. You know so many women that I've spoken to and that I've worked with who they really want to start becoming more soul-fed and a soul-fed woman can mean different things for different people but generally speaking most of us associate being a soul-fed woman with feeling confident and being embodied and connected and trusting our instincts and being unapologetic for who we are and not worrying about what people think of us. So that desire or that need for external validation, it plays a role in this conversation because again, so many of us, we do kind of, we do kind of have this desire to please people and we hope that people like us and we do that through trying to manipulate our body. And it sounds really bizarre, but we all, we all do it. And that's what I did when I struggled with food myself. Because for me, it was the external validation of, oh, well, if I'm slimmer, people might like me more. Or if I'm slimmer, people might accept me more. Or if I'm slimmer and therefore successful at this, more people might want to be my friend or they might like me. So... How is that relevant for you at the moment? How are you seeking external validation and actually connecting it to your body? Because again, bringing in the whole soul-fed woman energy, particularly if you are your own 
um, you are in your own business and you're kind of do you know doing your work and shining your light and spreading your message and your gifts, there is a desire for us to have external validation somewhere along the line. But that is also very a very dangerous territory to be entering into. Because for me, the more that I've stepped into my truth and actually owning who I am unapologetically, my need for external validation has like gone down so much. You know, considering that not that long ago, I was a people pleaser. These are all symptoms, by the way, of women who are not soul fed. People pleaser, didn't want to hurt people, didn't want to upset people, tried to do the right thing even if it was to my detriment so maybe saying yes to something that really I wanted to say no to by doing all of that what I was really doing underneath it was hoping that there would be some kind of external validation to who I was oh I'm such a good person I'm such a kind person or I'm this or I'm that or I'm something else and for me I've definitely recognized that pattern of behavior that the more soul-fed I become so kind of this is going up my need for external validation has dramatically come down. So I want to just throw that now into the conversation for you. Because if you are seeking approval and validation outside of yourself, gorgeous, what is going to happen? You're going to find yourself in this perpetual monotonous cycle of giving away your own power. Because when we start to seek validation of who we are based on other stuff, we are giving our power away. And a soul-fed woman does not give her power away. A soul-fed woman steps into her power. She embodies empowerment. You know, she kind of two feet on the floor, brings her energy in. She knows who she is. And she speaks her truth and she acts from her place of truth and she is her truth. And she's doing it with very authentic energy. So it's never intentional to upset or hurt somebody. But sometimes that might happen, but it's not about us doing it in a way that we're trying not to do that all the time. Does that make sense? So if I do something now, it comes from my soul, from my heart, from a place of alignment. And if some people don't like it, some people don't like it. I'm not here to please people. No, I'm not here to seek everybody's approval. I'm not here to try and help everybody. I'm here to connect to the people who connect to my truth in the way that I'm choosing to share it. So external validation is something for me that I've really been very conscious and focused on letting it go because it does not serve you it does not serve you to step into your place of becoming a soul-fed woman if you're seeking for validation outside of yourself okay so that's also where the food thing comes in because we often connect it to weight loss or how we perceive our bodies to be okay what other thing would I want to mention yes another reason why we can become very um, obsessed and fixated about food is it, and it's, again, it's tied up with beliefs, but it's about us wanting to feel like we belong. Um, so kind of going back, I'm going to sort of go back millennia now, sort of thousands and thousands of generations ago. As, as an energy being having a human experience right now, all of us, from a human point of view, we seek that, um, we seek to be accepted. Okay, so this can also be kind of crossing over with the external validation but we all seek to be um, included within a community. Years ago, it would have been within a tribe. And we have this kind of um, primeval need to be accepted within something, whether it be a family unit, a friendship circle, a business network, 
Um, and this is often where we do end up people pleasing and we say the thing that we think other people want to hear because we don't want to get chucked out of the group. Now, millennia ago, that would have been really dangerous because if our tribe had turned their back on us, we could have potentially lost our lives. It ain't true anymore, but we're still in that energy and that headspace of saying the right thing, doing the right thing, people pleasing, saying yes when we mean no, taking other people's needs into account way more than our own. And that has got repercussions. And this is often where food and eating becomes a topic of conversation because if any of you as a woman have ever sat down with another group of women, what is the one conversation that you can guarantee ends up starting? Oh, I've just lost two pounds. I'm feeling really good about it. Or oh, I went to Weight Watchers yesterday. I put on two pounds. I don't know how I've done that. Feeling so terrible with myself. Someone else chips in. Oh yeah, no, that's happening to me. Oh, I just can't stop eating chocolate. I'm such a loser. Da -da 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 -da. And this conversation becomes a bonding exercise. And we end up belonging to a conversation, to a community, to a friendship circle where we have this massive theme that we have in common. Diet clubs, traditional diet clubs, are one of the biggest examples of this, where it's about community. You're all there for exactly the same reason, um, you can all talk about the same stuff, and you kind of feel like you belong. It's like, yeah, I found my people. However, have you really found your people? Because that kind of conversation around body image and food and dieting and weight loss and weight gain, does it empower you? And I think I want to emphasize that word empowering really kind of in flashing neon lights because for me as we step into the energy of becoming a soul-fed woman it's all about empowerment it's all about walking around those obstacles that do not empower us and that actually make us feel crap it's about us jumping over those beliefs or those those kind of things that we've always held to be true and going do you know what that's not serving me I'm gonna let that go I don't need it anymore and to become a soul-fed woman, it's about engaging in conversations that light us up, that feed our soul, that, that kind, of, you know, kind of give us that spark back. And whenever I think about my own experience with talking about diets and weight loss and slimming clubs, that never happened. I would end up comparing myself. I would end up feeling bad about myself. I would end up feeling resentful because someone had lost two pounds and I put two pound on. I'd end up feeling like such a bad person because I'd just eaten a piece of cake and nobody knew about it because I was doing it in secret. That's not empowerment. That's the complete opposite of empowerment. That's giving your power away again. So just be aware of that underlying um, sociological desire as human beings to want to feel like they belong. This is where diet talk becomes one of those bonding kind of blocks I guess it's like we just have this connection of let's let's talk as, as other women and talk about bashing our bodies and how shit we feel and you know and how terrible I feel because I put such a such amount of weight on and you know let's bitch about her over there because she's clearly put weight on look at the size of her and we do it it's not okay it's not okay at all being a soul-fed woman is about empowerment it's about raising other women up it's not about bitching it's about holding the space for we are all individual we are all exactly okay and more than enough with who we are right now and let's just work on improving ourselves like for the highest and greatest good without having to manipulate our bodies or the way that we're choosing to eat okay the final reason why we often become very dysfunctional around food is a desire for control it's a control issue. 
You know, so many people that I've worked with over the years, and actually for me as well, control is always a topic that is there. You know, as ambitious, driven, often successful women, we do like to control our stuff. You know, we like to kind of metaphorically steer our ship. We like to know exactly what's happening and when it's happening. We want, we want control. And often with food, this is where we try and exert more control, particularly when we feel that things have gone out of control in terms of the bigger picture. So I want to give you a prime example of this. Whenever we reach for food emotionally, so emotional eating, I can categorically put money on this, that next time you do that, there will be some kind of underlying emotion that you're trying your best to control. Whether it be anxiety, overwhelm, stress, panic, worry, um, fear, loneliness, um, anger, there will be something there that you are trying to control. And when I say control an emotion, what you're really trying to do is push it back down because you don't want to go there. You don't want to acknowledge that that's how you're feeling. So instead of doing that, it's easier to go and stuff your mouth and just push it all down with a big bar of chocolate and then feel guilty for doing that. And there you're just sat with the guilt. So rather than sitting with the anxiety, rather than sitting with the overwhelm, rather than sitting with the panic, the fear, the loneliness, you then find yourself sitting with, oh, I'm such an awful person. Oh my God, I've done it again. What the hell's wrong with me? I feel so guilty. I'm so horrible. I'm so this, I'm so that. And that for many of us becomes our default coping strategy. We would much rather bash ourselves and call ourselves every name under the sun for having just overeaten on that, whatever it might have been, than actually step into the place of, there's something going on here that I really need to acknowledge. So control is a massive one. Whether you are a restrictive eater, whether you are an overeater, whether you are a binge eater, whether you are an emotional eater, whether you are someone who has a love-hate relationship with food, whether you're trying to eat good one minute and then you fall off the wagon the next minute, there is something underneath that which you are trying to control. One of the symptoms of a woman who is not yet soul-fed, who has therefore got a hungry soul, she is a perfectionist. I know every single one of you watching right now has got a tendency to try and lean towards perfectionism, whether that be in your life, your business, your house, your relationships, being a mum, being a partner, you try and do and be and have everything in a perfect manner. That's also not realistic. And I know because this again was the place that I came from for such a long time. I don't think we ever completely get rid of perfectionism, I'll be honest, because I think that sometimes can be a driver for success and for just keeping us focused on our, um, our desires and our dreams. But it can also trip us up because perfectionism, when you really kind of lean towards that energy, it does end up having the tendency of just knocking you over because life is not going to be perfect and there will be things that you cannot control no matter how much you try. And for me, when we are working on becoming a self-fed woman, it's about us actually having the, the ability to acknowledge and to cope and to deal with the things which may be right here and right now have tripped us up, so to speak. So rather than trying to get everything perfect, it's about having that flexibility that this is what I would like today to be like, or this is what I would like this week to, to look like, but I'm also open to the possibility that things might change. And if it does, I'm okay with that. I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to get panicked. I'm not going to get into that place of overwhelm because that is where I then used to end up turning to food as a way of coping. 
Um, perfectionists don't like it when things go out of control. And those of you watching right now, give me some thumbs if that makes um, if that makes sense. Okay, so what can we do about it? Quite a few things that we can start to do about this, particularly if you are sort of resonating with what I've shared so far. So here's the thing: one of the most one of the most pivotal and important things that I really, really invite you to do, like from my own soul to yours, is if you are an active dieter right now and you are actively trying to eat in a certain way, which is about restriction, it's about rules, I really invite you to question, how's that working for you? Because dieting and having rules around food and actually having certain um, certain ways of choosing to eat, you're going to find it's actually very detrimental to the bigger picture. Because as I mentioned earlier, our soul does not like to be caged and our soul doesn't like restriction and our soul doesn't like to be told kind of what to do in a way that we often do with food. So if you are a dieter, if you do have a very restrictive way of eating, if you do end up um, trying to eat based on certain eating plans, if you do see food as being good, bad, healthy, not healthy, right or wrong, I really invite you to stop. Even though that might really terrify you and even though you might feel a little bit anxious right now at the thought of not doing that, I promise you that your freedom around food and therefore your ability to tune into your own intuition, guidance and actually becoming a soul-fed woman it becomes so much easier because you're taking away that cage that you put yourself into. So dieting and restriction and eating plans are definitely something that I really invite you to just step away from, pull away from and actually kick out because that is actually one of the reasons why you're probably in this cycle already. So based on that, I want to invite you to start eating whatever the heck you want. So I want to expand on this before any of you freak out and think, oh my God, I can't do that. Here's the thing. As a woman right now, you are already probably in that place of, there are certain things that are working for you in your life, probably in your business as well. But then this is the area that you feel like no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to get to grips with it. You can't seem to control it. You just can't seem to sort this one out. It's like the, the missing piece of the puzzle that you're so desperate to just fix. Your desire to fix this kind of quote unquote is actually the reason why it's not changing because when we try and fix food from a very simplistic, superficial and symptomatic point of view as in, well, I'll just stop eating chocolate. That's all I need to do. I'll just cut out carbs. I'm just going to go sugar free. The more that we actually impose these rules on top of ourselves, the more we rebel. And any of you watching right now that have got small children or who have had children who have grown up and maybe you've got nieces or nephews if you tell a small child of around two or three to not do something what do they do they do the exact thing that you just told them not to and the reason being is that actually our minds can't process negatives so if you say to a child don't walk on the grass the mind actually interprets that as walk on the grass because it actually has to process the 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 positive statement in order to realize it's a negative it's something really bizarre about the human mind but this is really relevant with food if you're saying to yourself right I'm not going to eat carbs today I'm not going to eat carbs today you're going to find yourself thinking about carbs craving carbs and binging carbs all day long 
because you're actually setting yourself up for that way of eating. So it's really important to start giving yourself permission as the grown ass woman that you are, that it's okay for you to eat carbs, it's okay for you to eat sugar, it's okay for you to eat full fat milk, it's okay for you to eat ice cream, it's okay for you to put cheese on a sandwich, it's okay for you to have full fat milk in a coffee, it's okay. Because the more that you actually resist these things and you kind of go, I'm not allowed them, I'm not allowed them, the more that your inner chatter starts to get louder, the more that the diet gremlin appears on your shoulder, the more that your little inner mean nasty bitch that we all have, by the way, she kind of appears and she's like, oh, you really want a piece of cake now, don't you? And you're saying to yourself, no, I'm not going to have carbs, I'm not having sugar, oh, but you really want a piece of cake. No, I really don't want a piece of cake. And then you spend all day arguing with yourself. How many of you have done that as well? So the solution to that is actually very counterintuitive to what you think. Most of us believe that we just need to restrict a bit more. We need to tighten up a little bit more. We need to put even more rules around food, particularly the ones that we don't think we have control around. But actually, the irony of that is you're making it worse. Because the more that you try and restrict a certain thing, the more you think about it, because it's all out of bounds, the more you want it, the more you crave it, the more that you'll end up binging on it, and then the more guilt you'll have. And the whole cycle will just keep going around and around and around. So start giving yourself permission to eat what you like. And there's a few more pointers that go with this, okay? So if that's freaked you out, that's okay. Most people get freaked out at the thought of eating chocolate and cheese and bread and pasta and rice and all the things that maybe right now you don't allow yourself to, but it's your first step towards finding your freedom with this and also stepping into the energy of a soul-fed woman because the soul-fed woman, she knows herself. She trusts herself. She tunes into her inner wisdom. She knows what she needs. She's unapologetic for what she wants and she isn't needing or seeking external validation. And that is exactly what we do when we follow a diet plan, where actually we have a physical external thing that we have to go through, which tells us when to eat, what to eat, why to eat and how to eat in terms of quantity as well. And actually as soul-fed women, we don't need that because our bodies are so in tune and they are so connected to what is best for us for our highest and greatest good. We don't need an external diet plan to follow when we start moving away from dieting and restriction and start moving towards the energy of being a soul-fed woman, okay? Okay, the next thing is um, learning to listen. I've just kind of touched on that already, but it's really about learning to listen and trust our bodies. When I said about allowing yourself to eat what you like, it might have freaked you out, and it might have made you feel a little bit ooh, anxious, which is totally okay. However... Don't forget that as you're leaving kind of this space and you're moving towards the place of becoming a soul-fed woman, you're going to be able to tune into something that at the moment you've completely disconnected from. And that something is your inner wisdom. In this capacity, I refer to it as your body wisdom. So your body is so in tune with what she needs. But most of us that have gotten into this cycle of dieting, restriction, binging, guilt, dieting, restriction, binging, guilt, it's like we've just severed ourselves from this intuitive higher source of wisdom. And what I'm inviting you to do is actually move away from that place of dieting, binging, dieting, restricting, binging and guilt and actually moving into this place of trusting, 
and listening and believing what you hear. Because when we learn to listen and trust our bodies, what we're also doing is learning to listen and trust our soul. And for me, that's exactly the same thing. Now, I've had this conversation with so many people. Are we a body with a soul or are we a soul with a body? So for me personally, I can't differentiate the two. My soul is my body. My body is my soul. It's this. It's this, this intuitive, highly in tune, incredibly wise vessel in which I am living. And she knows exactly what I need at any given moment, whether that be emotional, whether that be to do with enjoyment and fun, but also when it comes to do with food. So one of the things that I do with food is I actually have conversations with my body, with my soul, and I allow my body to guide me. So that can mean sometimes I eat things that seem quite random, but actually it's what my body craves. So I might eat something that's perceived as like a lunchtime or a dinnertime meal for my breakfast. I've been often known to do it the other way around, that I will eat a perceived breakfast for my dinner because that's actually what she wants. And I have no judgment about it anymore. It's like, okay, that's what she wants. That's what I'm going to feed her. So I invite you to start doing the same. How can you start to learn to listen and trust your body wisdom? Because that is stepping into the energy of becoming a soul-fed woman because she knows what she needs. And the more that you can just start practicing that, the more that you're going to start trusting yourself more. And something that I want to share with you as a bit of a top tip, particularly when you're very new to this and you've always relied on external plans and programs with food, one of the first things that I always invite all of my clients to do is just start getting into the habit of making a decision and acting on it immediately. Do not give your mind any time to think and to overthink and to overanalyze. So for example, you are deciding what you want for breakfast, you're tuning in, you're listening, so that is about, well, am I hungry first of all? Do I actually want to eat? Yeah, I think I do. Tuning into that and then trying to figure out what it is that you want. And with anything, this is about building your intuition muscle. And for most of us, we don't, we don't allow that intuition to guide our decision. We allow it to come from here. And whenever we start to override our body wisdom, inner wisdom, inner guidance, inner counsel, soul-fed woman, feminine genius, whatever you want to call her, and you allow your mind to take over, you're going to overcomplicate things. You're going to make things more challenging. It's going to feel more uncomfortable because you're kind of using your intellect to make a choice and for most of us our choices are best made from this place instead okay so have a little conversation with your body as in what do I think I want what do I really fancy nothing's out of limits remember I can choose to eat whatever I desire being a soul-fed woman and then just go with whatever comes to mind now intuition is a really interesting thing to start working on and to start flexing as, as a as a muscle because some of us, our intuition is a thought. Sometimes, um, and when I say thought, it's kind of like within us. It might not always be in our head, although sometimes it can be. But it's that inner, inner awareness. So it's a feeling, it's a sensation. It could be like a voice. It could be just a knowing that you know that you know that you know. But practice it. Now, it's definitely something that I invite you to start practicing. Because this isn't just about food. When you start to become more in tune with your body, your body wisdom and your inner um, feminine genius, your inner soul-fed woman, this is applicable for everything. Because most women that don't trust themselves with food, they don't trust themselves with everything. 
so life decisions, business decisions, relationship decisions, money decisions, um, friendship decisions, there's always that uncertainty of doubting themselves. So if that is you, then I really encourage you like so much to don't overestimate how powerful this is. When you start to really believe yourself and you start to allow your your soul and your body to guide you towards what feels right for you in terms of food choice and you don't question it, you kind of take action like that, as in, okay, I want some toast with peanut butter, I'm going to go and have that. You don't talk yourself out of it, you just go with the first thing that comes to mind or the first thing that comes into your awareness. This is really going to start influencing everything. Um, particularly if you are in a business right now and you are you know, stepping up in terms of wanting to show up more. It's not all about external strategies and funnels and emails and da 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 all that kind of stuff. It's actually about allowing your instinct to guide you. And my business has grown so much faster when I've allowed my instinct and my intuition and my soul-fed woman to guide me as opposed to being told what to do by a coach or you know, kind of going through the steps and the blueprints. It doesn't work. So really bear that in mind that this is not just about food, it's about everything. Okay, two more things. Okay, two more things that I want to share with you in terms of what you can do about this to really start finding that juicy, delicious, happy, free place where food's not, you know, pinning you down and actually stopping you from, from being your truth and sort of shining your light. Another thing to do is to start becoming comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. So I touched on it already a little bit about stuffing things down with chocolate, okay? That is something that a lot of emotional eaters do. Whenever we turn to food in an emotional capacity, we're trying to change our emotional state and we're always trying to change a uncomfortable emotional state into a comfortable emotional state. Very few of us try and change a comfortable emotion like pleasure and joy and happiness into something that feels crap. It's always the other way around, or it's usually the other way around, 99% of the time. So we feel uncomfortable, such as anxious, such as worried, overwhelmed, panicked, fearful, lonely, upset, angry, to name just a few. And when we feel that, it's like, oh, I don't want to feel that. I want to feel different. You go and eat. Now, this is happening on such a subliminal level, such a subconscious level, you're probably not even aware of that this is what you're doing. All you're going to be aware of is having this overwhelming desire and um, craving for chocolate or for a biscuit or all of a sudden it's like something just happens and you're, you're standing up from your chair or you're, you're in the kitchen and you're going through the cupboards and it's a really quick thing that happens. What I'm inviting you to do is to really start feeling all the feels as in next time you catch yourself from nowhere just going, I need chocolate could be at your desk, you might be downstairs, you might be in the car, you could be anywhere. I invite you in that moment to just be quiet, okay? Just get quiet with yourself and tune inwards. Tune inwards and actually start to appreciate what's going on. Because when we can really start stepping into that place of, this feels really uncomfortable, but I'm going to learn to make this more of a comfortable experience for me, rather than running away from it. Now, Bringing in um, sort of my experience with food when, when I was at the peak of my messed up relationship with food and actually with myself, I was so skilled and so gifted at not feeling that when I actually kind of think back to who I was back then, I was just this closed book. 
you know, anything other than feeling okay, I wouldn't allow it in. So anything like worried or anxious or scared or lonely or angry, I would just numb it out as quickly as I could. And I did that through food and I did that for years and years and years and years and years until eventually all these emotions within me, it was like a pressure cooker. And I actually started to develop anxiety, like really bad anxiety, social anxiety. Um, I became a very anxious person. It developed and escalated into panic attacks. And that was my tipping point that hmm, something's not quite right here. And I need to, you know, have a conversation with myself. But that was a long time in the making. So I really want to invite you to to just find ways of how can you start becoming more comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. You know, any of you that are wanting to change and evolve and expand into that place of becoming more soul-fed, you have got to start changing what you do. You know, that, that quote that gets thrown around so much about nothing changes until something changes, paraphrasing that a bit, but you know what I mean. It's true though, isn't it? And if at the moment you are very good at avoiding the emotion, that you don't want to feel for whatever reason, and this is completely judgmental free. It's about you trying to identify why and how can you change that? Because the more that I embrace my uncomfortable feelings, the faster that they go. You know, I still get anxious and I still feel um, worried and I still get moments of like full blown overwhelm that if I allow it to, it could kind of paralyze me. But instead of going, oh, I can't face that, I'm just going to go and eat. It's really my opportunity to step into that energy being a soul-fed woman. Because for me, a soul-fed woman, she owns her feelings and her emotions. And she does so from a very neutral point of view. She's not judging them. She's not criticizing. She's just being with herself and allowing them to be there. And also allowing those emotions to guide her in the sense of what do I need to do with this? What do I need to change? What do I need to take action on? Who do I need to speak to? What do I need to do in order for this feeling to just dissipate? And I have had my biggest moments of personal breakthrough and also business breakthrough when I've actually sat in that discomfort of overwhelm and panic and fear. And there were some really big ones that I know just a few years ago, I would have just headed straight downstairs into my kitchen and just stuffed myself with whatever food I could have gotten hold of. So I really invite you to just have an awareness of that and see what you can do about it. Which then leads me into the next point. This is possibly one of the more difficult ones. And I don't want to set this as an intention because you can choose for this to be easy as well. But most people who are trying to break out of the, the dieting restrictive kind of cycle and step into the place of believing and trusting, it's actually quite easy to eat what you like. You know, very few of us find it difficult to eat the foods that actually do bring us pleasure and very few of us actually find it as difficult as we think to start listening and allowing our instinct to guide us. The last point though, a lot of us can find it more challenging and it's about being honest with ourselves. It's about stepping into our truth. So this is kind of what I mean. So let's imagine right now, in fact I'm going to use me as an example, when I was really struggling with food, diet obsession, weight obsession, yada, 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 I was not being honest with myself at the time. My soul was so hungry for so much more, okay? My soul was hungry for adventure. My soul was hungry for connection. My soul was hungry for enjoyment, for passion, for pleasure, for joy, for travel. And 
because I wasn't being honest with myself, my soul kept throwing up all this uncomfortable emotion, which I was then turning my back on and stuffing it down with food because I wasn't stepping into my truth. Because if I had done and I had stepped into my truth at the time and been honest with myself, I would have gone, I hate my job. I've just spent so many years at university. I'm so much in debt because of my degree. And actually the job that I've now gone into, oh my God, it's not what I want to do. So what do I need to do about this? I would have also said, my partner right now, who I'm meant to be getting married to very soon, this isn't my husband, by the way, it's another one, an ex. I don't think he's the right one for me. I don't think I trust him. I think something's going on with somebody at work and he keeps telling me that it's not that, but something's telling me that it is. I don't know what to do about it. Instead, I turn my back on all that kind of suspicion and discomfort and anxiety and I stuff myself with food. Turns out that my intuition was spot on with that one, by the way. Um, I would have also said, right, well, I'm living in Germany and I love it as a country, but my family are in the UK and I kind of miss them. So maybe I should move back to the UK. But instead, I didn't. I turned my back on the thought of overwhelm. How do I leave my job? Where would I go? How would I get my money? Where would I live? What would my friends think? What would my family think? People might judge me as having failed, given up this amazing career that I've got. And instead, I turned my back on it and I stuffed myself with food. So can you see how sometimes being honest with ourselves and stepping into that place of truth, it's really fucking uncomfortable because sometimes it is about us actually facing our biggest, deepest and darkest fears right in the face and going, right, what am I going to do about this? Because it's here and I can't ignore it anymore. Now, a lot of my clients that I work with on a, like a one-to-one capacity or in my, my Soul Freedom Sisterhood, which is a sort of six-month mentorship, there's a group of us, it's very intimate, amazing. And so many of those women have had to face some of their, you know, stepping into their truth moments. And, you know, I don't want to make this sound really scary because sometimes stepping into our truth, it's not a massive life-changing thing, but it is something that we need to acknowledge. So yes, for some people, it is about acknowledging relationships that aren't working or marriages that have kind of burnt out, you know, lost their passion. It's about people realizing that their business as it is right now is not lighting them up and they need to change it. And that's scary. You know, that's what I did last year. But the more that we don't step into our truth and the more that we're not honest with ourselves, the more that our soul is kind of bubbling underneath and it's trying to get our attention because discomfort from an emotional point of view, as I have now completely accepted, when we feel discomfort and uncomfortable, we are not in alignment with our soul. We are not in alignment for our highest and greatest good. We are not in alignment with our soul-fed woman because when we are in that place, there's flow and there's ease and there's grace. And that's not to say that life doesn't change because it does. You know, life is not meant to be sort of one static line with no ups and downs but the ups and downs become less. And whenever anything happens that makes us kind of falter a bit and feel a little bit wonky, we can get back into alignment really quick rather than disconnecting and turning our back and pretending that, you know, everything's going to be fine if I just ignore it a little bit longer. That's not what a soul-fed woman does. She owns her truth and she has these conversations with people or with herself mainly and she takes action on it and she she makes the change even though sometimes those changes can be really scary and really overwhelming. She finds a way of doing it anyway. And I really invite you right now, if you are listening to this and something within that bit has made you go, oh my God, she's talking about me. I really invite you to do something about it. 
because if you just keep ignoring it and you keep pretending that things will change and you just hope that things will get better without you actively stepping into that place of speaking your truth and owning your truth, you're wasting your life. And that might sound really sort of, you know, cliched, but at the end of the day, it's true. You know, none of us know how much time we've got on this planet and we have two choices always. We can either just kind of drift and see what happens or we can actually take self-responsibility and we can actually start to verbalise and vocalise and take action and step into that place of being soul-fed and, you know, make changes that, that actually, yeah, they're uncomfortable temporarily, but actually the, the result of doing that is just far greater than staying where we are right now. So I stepped more into my truth at the end of last year. You know, my, my business at the time was from the outsider's point of view. I was very successful. I had amazing clients. Um, my home life looks perfect. Amazing husband, a little boy, little girl, great friends, great family. But I felt really lost. And I realized that part of, of my stuff was that I wasn't being honest with myself about my work. You know, I'd kind of put my head down. I'd gone very much into the masculine energy of do, 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 completely disconnected from my own soul-fed woman and this divine, creative, sacred, feminine energy of ease and flow and receiving. And I'd ended up creating a business that actually wasn't working for me anymore um, in the sense of how it was how it was run, the things that I was talking about, the things that I was doing and teaching. And it just felt off and it felt uncomfortable. So being honest with myself and stepping into my truth, it was a scary thing because I kind of had to admit publicly that at the moment I'm not really on the right path. So I'm kind of stepping sideways and you know, if you want to keep following me, then brilliant. And if you don't, then I wish you well. And I did lose a lot of my community because I changed, slightly changed my message. But at the same time, if I hadn't have done that and I just carried on with, it'll get better, things will be fine, things will be okay, what if it hadn't have been? And I categorically, hand on heart, know that it wouldn't have ever changed because I needed to take responsibility for myself and for my, my message and my work. Okay. Um, incidentally, by the way, at the end of last year, out of nowhere, I started to have overwhelming sugar cravings. I was wanting chocolate like every day, all day, several times a day, which was really unusual for me, particularly as at the time I was working only really in the capacity of like food and kind of um, eating psychology. So that for me was my, my big wake up call. It's like, hmm, what's going on? Why do I keep craving food right now? That was it. So that's the thing, okay? So start being honest with yourself. Um, and the final thing is to just have an appreciation that your relationship with food as it is at the minute, it's really symbolic. Like it's, I find this fascinating, even after doing this for such a long time now that the way that we choose to eat and the foods that we crave and the types of foods that we're drawn to when we're feeling emotional and we're trying to change how we feel, there is so much symbolism and so much metaphorical meaning to them that if you start to be aware of it and you start to tune into that and you dig a little bit deeper, you will be absolutely amazed at how much accuracy it's reflecting in terms of you and your world right now. So, so using chocolate and sugar as, as a prime example, and again, using me as that example last year, 
whenever anybody that I've ever worked with has got this overwhelming sugar, chocolate kind of craving, so anything to do with sweet, like sugar, one of the things that I always kind of invite them to have a think about is, could it be that your craving and your desire for sugar right now is metaphorical and symbolic to do with sweetness? Where is the sweetness in your life at the moment? You know, where are you getting your joy? Where do you get your enjoyment, your fun, your pleasure? Like, do you play like a little girl? Where is your sweetness? And this is something that when I asked myself, and I was coaching myself last year for a little while, I was like, holy crap, I don't have any sweetness anymore. It's like everything's work, work, work. Everything's about pushing and creating and creating from a masculine point of view. The actual joy and the fun and the enjoyment of actually being who I am, I completely disconnected from it. So the sugar and the chocolate was symbolic of me craving sweetness, craving more sweetness. So I invite you to do the same. You know, if there are certain things right now for you that you keep being pulled towards and you you kind of have this desire more often than not to eat certain things, particularly around sugar and chocolates and biscuits and those kind of things, it's symbolic. It's always symbolic. It's not just about diet and restriction. There can also be a lot of messaging and metaphor behind it. So I invite you to have a think about that as well. Because to be a soul-fed woman, it's also about having that appreciation that there is no such thing as coincidence. And when we start to tune into the symbolism, the metaphor, the message, the meaning, um, the, the kind of the, the things that are there on a spiritual, soulful level, I guess, an energetic level, you're tapping into this divine wisdom that's all around you. That's not just within you, it's around you as well. So I invite you to do the same because that's really, again, where you can start to walk through your, your own stuff and actually start to open the door to you becoming more soul-fed, okay? Now, on the back of this, um, if this is something that has been quite interesting for you, and I'm hoping that it has, so many of you stayed on, so I'm guessing that it has been, um, there's something else that I want to mention just before I wrap up. If any of you have got any questions, by the way, feel free to um, comment. Um, for those of you that might not have known, I, I do loads of programs. I do a lot of one-to-one -one coaching or one-to-one -one mentorship. And I also have the Soul Freedom Sisterhood, which is like a six-month intensive for about 10 women maximum. And it's a really kind of spiritual slash business slash personal development program. But one of the other things that I have is something called the Food Freedom Masterclass. Now, I actually kind of, I didn't pull it, but I kind of took my energy away from it at the end of last year when I was figuring out my truth and figuring out how best I could serve and actually help women like you to step into their truth and become soul-fed. And as a result, I kind of put that to one side, though it's always been on the website. So what I've decided to do is I've been sitting with this and I've been thinking about it and I've been journaling on it and... The program is life-changing. You know, the amount of testimonials that I've had off women that have gone through the Food Freedom Masterclass, which is all about this stuff, by the way. It's all about finding your, changing your beliefs, figuring out who you are, how do you reconnect back to your inner wisdom, to your body wisdom? How do you stop the binging, the emotional eating? How do you start stepping into your truth? How do you start um, digesting your undigested story? Because a lot of the time we turn to food as a way of coping from kind of emotional stuff that we've just not let go of. So a lot of forgiveness and energy work as well. So many of the testimonials are that people saying that they've just not just got their freedom, they found themselves again. 
And I know from the work that I do that many women that have got a desire to become soul fed, they want to find themselves and they want to start letting go of all these behaviours that don't serve them anymore and actually prevent them from being who they truly are, who they desire to be, which is about connection and, and being happy and feeling confident and embracing life and showing up and spreading your light in whatever way you wish to. And it's a 10 module program. Um, you get given a load of um, meditations, worksheets, journal prompts. It's really an amalgamation of about nine years worth of work from my side. And bearing in mind that my one-to-one -one mentorship is around $4,000 right now, this is an absolute bargain. It's got everything in it that you need to become free from food in the capacity of becoming a soul-fed woman. And there's something else. What I'm also going to be doing is next year in around February or March time, I'm going to be relaunching the Food Freedom Masterclass. And it's going to be, there's going to be live elements to it. There's going to be some new things that will be being added to that. There's also possibly a few guest teachers that are coming in as well to share some more information and some more incredible wisdom. And the price is also going to be going up to $1,000. So this is probably the best bit. If you join now, you have got lifetime access to that program. So that means when I redo it again in February and March of next year, which will be live, there's going to be new bits added. It might have a bit of a makeover. Um, there's going to be some potential awesome guest teachers in there as well. And the price goes up to $1,000. You can join and you get all of those upgrades at no extra cost for you. Okay, so it's a bit of a no-brainer really, isn't it? I was sat here yesterday thinking I've got this desire to help more women find their freedom with food because so many women who are not soul-fed, I know from the work that I've done for such a long time, food is so, it's there. And food tends to be one of those surface layer issues that we just often can't seem to get past. So everything that you need is in that program. There is also a private Facebook group, which I am in whenever you need me. So any questions, queries, concerns, comments, observations, if you're going through something and you recognize something within yourself and you're like, oh, I don't know what to do with this, go in the Facebook group, post it, tag me, and I will come back to you, okay? I will answer your question. I have been known to do some like actual laser coaching within that Facebook group sometimes if you're really needing a bit of extra. <sighs> so there you go. So I wanted to share that because it's, um, it's, it's an absolute no-brainer and I highly encourage you to jump in there if your soul is resonating with what I'm talking about. Because finding your freedom with food, it's so much more than just giving yourself permission to eat chocolate. It's actually about starting to know who you are, stepping into your truth, finding your truth, acknowledging your truth, working on some of those things that are holding you back. And if you are in a business that you're trying to grow, I cannot stress how important it is for you to work on the food stuff. Because when you are in that place of alignment and you are connected to yourself and you trust yourself and you are leaning into that intuition and that inner voice, that is so applicable with your business as well. But if you struggle with food, then you're disconnected from that inner wisdom because you're relying on too much external stuff to guide you, okay? Right then, gorgeous, it's been an absolute pleasure. That went really quick. I like talking about this stuff. And I really encourage you, if it's calling you and it feels right, then don't overthink it, okay? Allow your body to guide you. And even if you buy it now and you don't actually join and you do the program until February, March, when it's going to be redone live, then that's also an option as well. Okay. 
There's no right time though ever. So make a oh Isabel, I confirm, very good program. Yay, Isabel's one of my lovely um can call you a graduate. What do we call you? Who's gone through the program? And it is. There's so much stuff in there. Isabel will tell you. It's um it's a very good program. I'll let her say that, not me. Right then, I'm going to go and grab myself a cup of tea and grab some lunch. But it's been lovely to speak to you all, and I can't wait to speak to you all later about some other topics to become a soul-fed woman. See you all later. So there you go gorgeous, that was all the details from the training that I did a little while ago within my community all about the Food Freedom Masterclass. So if you want to find out more, if you want to have a little nosy and maybe even join the program, then all you need to do is head over to foodfreedommasterclass.com and all the information that you need is over there. And as I said on that training, if you've got any questions, if you've got any queries, then feel free to contact me. And I'll come back to you as soon as I can. Thank you for listening and I look forward to bringing another episode very, very soon. See you later.